Hello and welcome to Loving Rewind podcast, where it's okay not to be okay. My name is Emma Shamirai, M for short, and I'm going to be your host. I have a confession to make. <laughs> Since the last Life Matters segment, I was 100% sure that the next topic will be being a mother. I've started to gather together my thoughts and I was asking God about it, of course. What is it that he wants me to share about that? And when I sat down to write, I felt I should check on the topics what God gave me in order. You know, he literally downloaded 27 topic topics to me in November in a certain order and I've written those down. So I went back to that list and I started laughing. I started laughing because I had this scenario before and it was such an eye-opening one that I thought I will never forget. Well, I did. <laughs> so I guess it is always good to check in with your CEO before you put in work just in case you might miss the assignment. Seven years ago, I was in the midst of getting to know God and learning about ways in which I had to change. As I said before, every character building takes time, and it was not different for me either. Although I was learning about God, took part in ministries, served others and prayed for them, I was still failing daily. It is never an overnight transformation. But that is why it's so amazing that we have the grace of God. Because once we have given our lives to Him, He is there to help us and guide us. And when we let Him then form us and redirect us. It is not... Um, I wanted to live in sin or didn't get saved completely. It was more of a heart problem because it's one thing that one is being told that one is forgiven, but if one cannot quite accept or comprehend the forgiven status, one tends to walk back to the ways one is used to. We must seek the Lord daily to be able to tackle the challenges of that day's according to his will. So there was I, seeking his will and slowly giving the territories of my life over to him. But there was one territory that I thought I gave to him, but it turned out I kept it for myself. Not because I knew better, but because I thought there's nothing else I could be any better in it as that was a role what one can only master with one has that significant other. Yes, I was totally under the impression that God is just going to drop down the perfect partner and then after we will work things out together. So I kept waiting for that prince of mine and did not really um, do anything to get ready for the role to become the partner who he would need me to become so he would recognize it and pursue me. I say it again, 
it wasn't because I thought I was perfected the, uh, in that area. I was just blind to the fact that I actually should and able to get prepared at all. Until on one day, seven years ago, when I had my sister over for a chat and a good cup of coffee. She was already expecting my first nephew and I found it so hard to be happy to her. Although I was thrilled that she becomes a mother, on the same time, comparison was on my mind constantly. It was like, yeah, that's done, she's on her way and I'm happy for her and stuff, but when will my time come? When can I become the mother I always wanted to be? I mean, my name means mother. Who is more ready to be a mother than me? Years, there was I, taking care and teaching children of others as a teacher, and everybody around me had their spouses and babies, and I just started become uh, became um, bitter about the topic. So I told her, and she was gracious and did not take it badly. In fact, she did not say anything except praying for me and gently mentioned the fact that, you know, that before you become a mother, you need to become a wife first. And it struck me. How many times do we want to run ahead God's plans to our lives just because we want something so badly? Even if we know that that is the perfect plan, we tend to skip steps and we end up in situations what would bring more trouble than joy. I'm not saying that those who had children on their own for whatever reason cannot enjoy being parents. But for me, Personally, that comment was a redirection from God because I couldn't see from the pain the very thing I even longed for more than a child and that was a spouse. Hmm. A strong yet gentle God-fearing man who takes care of me as Jesus loved the church and sacrificed himself for it. Of course, I did not know that until we had some serious discussions about the topic with God. Because that comment from my sister was just the first step, the eye-opening nudge, the push I needed to get to realize that I wasn't ready to be a spouse myself. Even though I thought I was. I thought that desire to have one is enough and as I said before the rest would just work out between us but after that eye-opening moment I felt God wants me to repent again I have faced with a lot of flaws in my personality and the way I have handled things um, wouldn't be healthy to bring into a relationship so after a few months of arguing with God about the topic, I finally came to the conclusion that I need to make serious changes. First of all, 
I had to give the steering wheel back to God over that part of my life as well. So in January 2016, I asked him to guide me how to become a good wife. No matter how long would it take and how much work it needed, I was determined and finally humbled. And God was faithful and brought me to a journey that took us a whole year. Oh, what an adventure it was. Each month he brought up topics, what I've searched in scriptures and asked others about. He gave me books to read, teachings to listen to, married Christian couples, so I could see how others are doing life as a married couple with Jesus in the center. It was a marriage course planned especially for me and moderated by God himself. He has started with asking me about what kind of a man do I want. I had to outline the inner characteristics and he was kind enough to let me talk about the outward appearance of him too. Then he gave me the book Dating Manifesto written by Lisa Anderson which helped me fine-tune those characteristics, deal with the feeling of being unwanted, insecurities about myself as a woman and the comments of my family members about me being still single. I remember vividly about one conversation with my late grandma whose habit, by the way, was to ask me when do I plan to get married, that after reading the book I finally could answer to her with confidence and without any shame about my situation. I simply told her that, unfortunately, I cannot ask my own hand for marriage, so until that person will come who would, I will just concentrate on me being a better person. She was shocked with my answer, but couldn't really add anything to it, because it was true. I couldn't make anyone to ask me, out on a date even, but I could do everything in my time of waiting to become a person who would be ready for one. So that book was a lifeline in that waiting season. It helped me to understand other principles in life as well, like waiting in general doesn't need to be a passive and miserable thing. Waiting with hope is actually healthy and active and lives forward with thinking, uh, with things that would benefit the very aim of waiting itself. I would warmly recommend that book to anyone who is in the waiting season for becoming a wife or husband. I've read in the book that I should observe married couples how they do their lives with Jesus. But although I knew some, it would be awkward for me to just go to them and ask them to mentor me. We weren't in that deep relationship with any of them. So I've started to pray for a couple. After a few months, I became friends with an amazing young lady who has a true David as, his hus as, as her husband. Yes, one after God's own heart. And guess what? 
He wanted to get to know me too. So eventually they let me into their lives. I was able to see how they handle their struggles and how they treat each other publicly and privately. They saw how broken I was in the territory and they were open and patient with me and the most important part, they were praying for me and for my future husband. They did everything what they could to help me in this journey. Oh, and all came natural for them. In fact, I haven't even realized that they were the answer to that prayers for months. It was just a genuine connection orchestrated by Holy Spirit. Ministering with them and to them is truly one of the best part of my life. I wish allies like them for everyone. So I was learning about how to spot that desired man and how a marriage is supposed to look like according to God's standards and ways and um, I was healing from my past choices and bruises but there was this one big topic what took almost six months with God that uh, was me myself again who I am in Christ and what is my calling for life and um I will never forget that one lonely Saturday evening of summer 2016 when after my regular pity party about my situation because no matter how exciting it was to wait actively uh, actively I got discouraged pretty often so I have found and listened to a teaching from Holy Fertig called give what you want which I figured was a part of a series what she and her husband has prepared called the other half and I was like okay let's listen to the other earlier episodes of it and then I believe I had to wait to the series to be finished on the next week or two but it was worth waiting because I felt that the whole series was just planned for me for that season of my life and of course God himself gave me a message through it which was the leading intentions uh, intention of the uh, other half of the year and it was this I want to become that woman whom that man would choose whom I would choose let me say it again because I know it's kind of tricky I want to become that woman whom that would that man would choose whom I would choose because I realized that yeah I have all that things on my list what kind of a man I want to get to know or even get serious with but am I that woman who he would choose for himself if I want to have a godly husband am I godly enough to be pursued by him I don't want to be a project to anyone but a partner the project to become the godly wife should start first with me and while I'm still single so God gently showed me Proverbs 31 verses between 10 and 31 
And that became a guide for me alongside with working on my prayer life and my personal relationship with God and also blessing and praying my future husband. And I waited more. I want to highlight the fact that all this has happened in a season when I did not have anybody significant. I did sense the interest of certain godly men around me, but they have never acted on their interest, not even one. On the other hand, people from past were keep showing up for me, demonstrating care and interest in a way that was comforting for those moments, but left me even more lonely after those times have gone because those relationships did not serve the purpose what I had for my life they were just painkillers did not heal the problem which has caused the pain just numbed it and made me lose focus on what God had in store for me all along the way so I cut ties with those people one at a time and although I missed the attention I got fulfilled by the intention attention of God who has created me and who is as a loving father wanted the best for me so after that year spent with God and with that clean slate he told me I have as a reborn child of his I finally re uh, was ready to connect with like-minded men to pursue relationship. But let me tell you, when you finally are in terms of your worth according what God says who you are, the enemy, Satan, the head of all evil sees you as a target even more. And he wasn't lazy to send people in my way who seemed worthy of my time and attention but after a short period God showed me they are not the ones who I should pay attention to he did not end those connections I did because he taught me what to look for in a man and most importantly who is the one that I could serve wholeheartedly yes I finally got the gist of this whole marriage thing. It is about serving others like we would serve directly Jesus. Please forgive me for such a long prelude, but some things um, I tend to share about being a wife wouldn't make any sense to you if I would leave out how I became one. There are plenty of women on earth who are wives already, but I understood something very significant during this preparation process with God. Let me share, you, uh, share with you a quote from Elizabeth Elliot, which summarizes this um, discovery for me and in me. The fact that I am a woman does not make me a different kind of Christian. But the fact that I'm a Christian makes me a different kind of woman. I wanted a man after God's own heart. So I had to become a woman after God's own heart. And with his help and that gracious comment from my sister, I started to build my role as a wife on Jesus too. 
I was finally able to see that there is a time for everything under the sun. So by the beginning of 2017, I finally was able to discern what helps this process and what not. What are the boundaries? What a man who I would like to pursue me should never cross? And what are the standards what I want to keep as a woman so we would be able to have a healthy and God-centered foundation for a marriage? I was ready to become a wife and the desire to become a mother finally did not hurt anymore because I was right there where I needed to be to become one once and I got to know him 2017 was a significant year for me for many other reasons as well but the most important from all was definitely the fact that I got to know my now husband a funny interlude while I'm writing this um, I'm listening to worship music as I usually do when I'm working and the minute I wrote down the last couple of sentences about getting to know my husband, a song started to play in my player. The list, New Music Friday Christian, is made by Spotify and was updated yesterday. I have never checked on it, just put on and started to write. And the live version um, of the song Nothing is Impossible from Planet Shakers started to play in my ears the minute I started to write about my husband why is it important well that was the song what we have specifically chosen for our wedding to walk or should I say dance out from the sanctuary now tell me about God's timing <laughs> but back to 2017 when I got to know him on the wedding of my brother he was actually already preparing for me although I did not know about it. But my mother, of all people, already started to speak about me to him. In fact, she even wanted to introduce us to each other two years earlier, um, but I refused to meet him then. Uh, I wasn't ready for a setup that time, not because I was so mature or anything, but I simply did not want to meet this random guy who my mother has chosen me. He would, uh, how would she know who I need? The funniest thing was that I didn't even know back then what is that I wanted either. Remember, I had to go through the preparation process and God knew that because I had to be ready what was ahead of me, like ready, ready. What I'm going to share with you from now on is not an example you should follow by any means, except the part that I was constantly relying on God's declarations and guidance. That is what helped me through it and that is why am I so strong in my faith in God as I am now. Because our journey with my husband was full of red flags about why I shouldn't pursue a relationship with him in the first place. Not to mention marrying him. He was an atheist, a headstrong type. 
So when I said to you that he was preparing to get to know me, it wasn't the way a Christian man would prepare himself. He was just kind of excited about the fact that he's about to get to know me because my mother said some really kind things about me. And she meant it well. She thought that because of the fact that Bolange, my husband, was baptized as a child and his family kept all the religious traditions and he was a kind and gentle man, he would be a great match. Well, she didn't really know me, unfortunately. Yes, Bolash seemed to be a nice guy. He was charming and very clever, but he just wasn't my type, neither physically nor spiritually. I had another man interested in me anyway, whom I felt more connected with, so I couldn't promise much to him, but we've started talking. In fact, we haven't done anything at all in the first three months of our relationship than talking, chatting on messenger, then moving to audio calls, then web, then moved up to Skype. Yes, you've guessed it right, it was a long distance thing, distance thing, and um, at that time he was already living in Scotland and I was still back in Hungary. But he was the one through whom God called me to Scotland. It wasn't because we started to get to know each other, he just brought up the question. But I had long discussions about it with God and I have only taken the first step towards this geographical uh, relocation after I was perfectly sure that I wasn't going to go to pursue this relationship but because God wants me there, here. And oh, sweet Jesus, he wanted me here so badly that I couldn't believe to my own eyes. So, Boaz was super nice and helpful with all the moving and dealing with the official stuff, but we kind of started this whole relationship with boundaries that he did not understand at all. But he was opened and I was able to share my faith. God only told me to love him and showed me two uh, visions about him even. Both of them was before I moved to Scotland. Um, one I got while I was sleeping on a mission trip and um, it was before our relationship has even started. In fact it was on a day when we actually had an argument uh, on phone about our different ways of seeing life. It was a big one because I told him I cannot be with a man who doesn't know God. It was pretty tough. I thought that was it. I thought we don't have a future. Then God gave me this vivid picture about him and I knew back then that he's going to get saved. Not because of me, or that I would leave him to the Lord. I wouldn't even dare to think such a thing. I've learned a lot about relationships where women try to reform, change, or even pull their spouses to Jesus. And I was equipped for that not to step on that road. As I was equipped with answers, as after I moved to Scotland, Bonash had some very tough questions about Christianity 
about my faith, about God, and about my standards of living. By the grace of God, I was sure in only one thing, that God will never leave me nor forsake me. There were so many conversations about me and how I imagine life and marriage and children and the whole family thing. And I was so thankful that Balaj was open to me, but he wasn't honest. Not on purpose, uh, by any means. He wasn't honest because he did not know himself. So he wasn't honest with himself and that led us to many, many difficulties during our relationship and in our marriage, which is a whole other story. But I had to tell you this uh, much to understand what I figured, what does being a wife mean to me? I will list a couple of things in contrast to each other, how I thought it would be and how it actually is. I truly hope that this helps you to get prepared or take steps to repair your marriage because let me tell you this before I go on with this list. Two weeks ago we were apart, like for real he moved out. For the very first time since I moved to Scotland and we have started our relationship. It was the very first time that we both agreed on that it would be better if we would separate for a while. Because we couldn't stand anymore what was going on in our relationship. And let me tell you another thing. When two people love each other and know and seek God for solutions, then there's hope for restoration. And we've got restored miraculously. And all that needed to happen so I would be able to prepare and record this episode. So without further ado, here's how I thought being a wife would be and how I see being a wife in practice in real life. Being a wife myth-busting 101 is a tough cookie to chew on. But I pray that Holy Spirit will clarify each point to you specifically further to fit to your scenario and situation. Number one, being a Christian wife means that there was a divine plan for who exactly is meant to be my spouse. Nah. If there was, then God would take back our free will. For God, marriage is the most sacred covenant in which two become one in Him. Just like He does not force Himself on us, He wouldn't do the same with us. He is not some kind of a matrimonial agent or a holy matchmaker who sits at his table and reads resumes to find the perfect matches. He wants our most important relationship on earth, marriage, to be a clear and honest choice by both parties. 
because he wants our marriages to glorify him and reflect our personal relationship with him through how we do life with someone through thick and thin according to his guidance. In Ephesians chapter 5 verses 21 through 33, there are plenty of guidelines how to treat our significant other. But I would like to highlight verse 33. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. Both love and respect are choices. They cannot be forced but must be earned. Husbands are instructed to love and wives are instructed to respect. These can be achieved only by choice. Just as we have chosen to love and respect God, it was a choice when we gave our lives to Jesus that we will give up our old ways of living and would submit to God. It was our individual's choice, just as in a marriage. It must be our daily individual, individual choice to stay and love and respect. It cannot be forced. So why would God force another person on us by holy matchmaking? Number two, being a Christian wife, I must not take outward appearance into account as it is not important for God because he only examines our hearts. Nah. He has created us to his image and he does not make mistakes. Outward appearance does not matter to him because to him we all are beautiful. But he also asks us to take care of our body because it is the temple of his spirit. He has created us to recognize him in each other. Physical attraction is key to be able to start to connect. Otherwise we wouldn't have bodies. On the same page, physical attraction is key to unify us in sexual pleasures with our spouse so we would be able to be with them freely. I do have body shame, so does my husband, but we have learned to love and want each other regardless of those physical flows because a healthy sexual connection is a in a marriage brings such a strong unity that the devil cannot come against us with schemes of infidelity or adultery. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourself to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. This is in 1 Corinthians 
7 verses 4 and 5. Number 3. Being a Christian wife, it is much easier to give love and grace to my husband without reservation because I'm loved and forgiven by Jesus' sacrifice. Nah. Although it is commanded by Jesus to love him and love others as we love ourselves, it is not easier at all in a marriage. In fact, it is even harder than with anyone. It has to be a daily choice. Otherwise, we would start to get into grudge against our spouses, would use silly tools as silent treatment or physical rejection to get what we want. But the minute we start to make a daily choice to value our spouse above ourselves, as it is written in Philippians 2 verse 3, attacks will come as a rain of fire because the enemy has an agenda against marriages. He wants to kill intimacy, steal joy, and eventually destroy the covenant. So our job as wives and husbands to protect the covenant what we have chosen freely and stand firm in faith when times of tribulations are coming. Which leads me to the next point. Number four. Being a Christian wife, praying for and with our spouses comes naturally and easy for both of us because we are united in God. Nah. Think back to the point in your life when you have first decided to pray regularly. Was it easy to include, include prayer into your life? Could you maintain a regular praying habit right from the beginning? Well, if your answer is yes for both of these questions, then it's awesome and good for you and I look up to you. But for the most of us, myself included, Learning to pray without ceasing was and still is a goal what I haven't accomplished fully yet. So when it comes to praying for my husband, it was a learning curve for sure. Not to mention praying together or praying together for others. It needs to be learned as any other new habit in a relationship or marriage. And as I said earlier, the enemy will try to undermine that too. So it must be a strong decision for each, uh, for each of us and for both of us to regularly lift each other and our marriage up in prayers. No matter how we feel about the other one, feelings are coming and going. Thank God that he is not driven by feelings. Otherwise, he might change his mind daily about our forgiven status. Jesus did not die and conquer death for us because he felt like it's the right thing to do. He did it because he has decided that no matter how sinful we are, he has chosen to love us anyway. He still does, daily, without reservation or change or exclusion. So he could set up the perfect example how to love and serve one another. That is why we need to pray, no matter how things are between us and our spouses, because 
there might be times when we grow apart or let us believe lies about the other one or about ourselves or we would experience hardships but the second we start to pray and seek God's truth of that situation we would gain back our clarity about who is in control of that situation we cannot make anyone to change not even our spouses or go I go further not even ourselves only God and his unending and perfect love can do that and when we pray we get the chance to be reminded of that when we pray we get the chance to take part in his work on uh, others lives when we pray we get the chance to experience unity even if there is a brokenness in our marriage prayer changes us first and that will benefit our marriage greatly so we need to make a constant effort to learn and maintain the habit to pray regularly for and with our spouses number five being a Christian wife means that I have fulfilled all of my calling of my life and should not pursue my own dreams and desires nah. being a wife is a beautiful promotion and there are many who are called to be wives and mothers as a first line of support for their husband the head of the household and many are perfectly happy and fulfilled in that position and can and able to connect into their husband's calling and ministry but God has designed us with certain desires in our hearts and there is nothing wrong with pursuing a career or a different calling than our husband being a Christian wife means that we know our worth and our calling for our lives and we choose our spouse with care to pursue those goals together it gives me so much strength that my husband is there for me when I need to do what God has called me to do he treats me and my calling equally important in God's plan as his and uh, I must believe to God that I'm no less of a wife or a mother in his eyes if I pursue a career next to a marriage in fact I can only be true to myself if I would fulfill those callings to my life giving up things that I'm certain about that he wants uh, me to accomplish is going against his will as a wife I need to be clear on those things towards my husband so I could give the chance to him to support me in those as well firstly because every man longs to be their wife's hero and secondly because he should be our first line of security and we would need that prayer coverage when we go out and pursue what God has asked from us giving the chance to our husband to be there for us in the daily tasks around the house and with our children and with our career is the biggest honor for them most of the Christian couples who I know and follow they find their calling together but there are many who have different callings jobs or careers but 
can and want to support one another in them, including our significant other into our dreams and desires about what would a fulfilled life mean to us can only strengthen our relationship. God does not want us to give up ourselves after we said our vows. He wants unity and not unification. And unity starts with respecting the individuals and what they can bring to the table. This list can and should go on. My intentions though weren't that I would fully exhaust every territory of a married life. What I wanted you to see that being a wife is an amazing journey with God. It is not easy and it definitely changes us, but it's rewarding. My personal reward was to see how God has transformed my husband's heart before and during our marriage. Having this front row seat and being used by God himself many times was and is my greatest accomplishment so far in my life. It is not a road many would take and I would strongly advise anyone who is before marriage that take the scripture seriously and do not pursue relationship with an unbeliever. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? I did not go into this marriage with the false hope that I can change my husband and I can make him believe God. I have chosen this path because I strongly believe that God can and will reach him anyway. Surely, he has used me and I'm thankful for it. But my husband has chosen God out of his own free will according what he has seen and known about him. I don't know how different would my life be if I would have waited for a Christian man, but I do know that the principles, what I've touched earlier, would be the same. What I do know that my husband gets stronger in his faith daily. He prays for me and serves our family according to God's standards. And he fails and he starts again. And he does it because he has decided to love me above himself. Being a wife for me is the same decision. And I can only wish and pray for you my dear listener, that you'll get to experience this supernatural connection in your life. Just lean onto God. He is ready to prepare, guide, and equip you with what you need to be the spouse He always wanted you to be. If you found value in this episode, Please don't keep it to yourself. Share it with others so more can have the opportunity to start their healing journey by focusing on God's heart towards them too. 
It's an honor that I can be at your service. And if you have any questions about the topic or about me, or you want to leave a comment, please leave it in the Q&A section and I'm ready to discuss those in the upcoming episodes. You can also message me directly. Just choose your preferred way of communication from my link tree, what I have added to the show notes. Until next time, remember that you are loved, restored and redeemed.